0: I'm going to talk to you today, if you look at the uh, bulletin, the sermon topic is Grace, it is God's favor. And I think a lot of times when we hear that we're going to talk about grace, that we are going to follow the same old, same old thoughts and concepts that we hear over and over again. So I want to talk to you about the actions of grace and what it looks like more so than the meaning of the word grace. For most of us as Christians, we, we hear the theological definition of grace as being the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in, in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. And that sounds really pretty and it sounds really theological. But put in common terms, grace means this continuous goodwill. It's polite. It's respectful. And it's something done in a considerate manner. And that's how God acts towards us. He gives us goodwill whether we deserve it or not. And that grace is expressed in his actions or his favor toward us with his kind works that he performs for us daily. Grace is amazing, and I don't think that we can make it through life without it. But just like in the video that we saw that Casting Crowns was singing about, is that when we get into heaven, we're going to see that grace face to face in the nail-scarred hands of our Savior. Because in heaven, the only scars that will be present will be those marks upon our savior today's passage of scripture will be coming from the book of isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 through 3 it Says, the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for rashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified." Father God, as we come before you today during this part of the worship service, we just ask that, that you open our hearts and minds, Father God, to hear a word from you. Father God, block out anything today that Satan would try to throw our way to, to keep us from hearing your word and experiencing your spirit as it moves around today. Take from me, Father God, any desire to speak my own thoughts or my own concerns. Fill me with your spirit that what I speak would be words that come from your throne and words that would benefit your children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah, what I, what I love about this passage of scripture is that you're going to find it in separate places in the Bible. This one specifically came from the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah was speaking on behalf of the coming of Christ to Israel. Now, they haven't been taken into exile at this point. Isaiah had been talking to Israel about the way that they were living and the things that they needed to change and and he was giving the message of doom because of their conduct. But during that message of doom he also gave a message of hope that your Lord God is not going to, to send you to a foreign land and desert you but that you're there for a purpose and a reason. And that in time, a Savior will come who will perform these tasks that God's grace and favor may be experienced. That he's going to preach good tidings to the poor and heal the brokenhearted. And that we're going to trade all of our ashes or all of our mourning and all of our grief for a crown of life. And then it's found again in the New Testament. When Christ gets ready to to start His ministry, He goes into the the synagogue in Nazareth and is given the roll to read and, and He rolls it out and we don't know if He intentionally chose this passage of Scripture, if it was planned by a rabbi to be read that day or if it just happened to be given to him. But he read these words, rolled the scroll up, handed it back, and said, Today, these words have been fulfilled. And I think sometimes that when we hear these words, that, that we sometimes we hear them like Israel did, that, that it's a message of hope that, that's being cast out to us that it's a message that's telling us that that everything's going to be okay, that that there's a God in heaven that that loves you and he's making a way for you and and he's preparing a way for you to be healed of the things that cause you suffering. And when we hear those stories, they're like wishful thoughts to us. Something that, that we hope is going to be one day. And we rely only on that hope. When what we should really be doing is what didn't happen in Nazareth that day that that Christ unrolled this scroll and read and said that today, this passage, these words have been fulfilled. The Messiah is here. Your Savior is here. (laughs) They didn't grab hold of the promise that was right before them. Ultimately, they said that it is not possible that you're not the answer, that that you are nothing more than than Joseph, the carpenter's son. And not only ran him out of town, but attempted to stone him. And I think sometimes that that when Christ presents himself to us with the answer, that that we need to be whole and to be, be faithful and to find healing. We go back to the original story and hope that someday something will happen instead of grabbing on to the miracle. Broken hearts come from many different aspects of life. They come from Dreams not being fulfilled when we want them to be fulfilled because sometimes as we're walking that journey toward that door of opportunity, another door will close before we can get there. And we'll have to take what we think is is a detour that prolongs our journey in order to get back on track when in reality... What's happening is this, God is saying that, that the dream is still there for you, it's still good for you, it's just, it's just not a straight shot, so I'm going to close off a door so that you go down another path so that you experience certain things in life so that you're fully prepared for that vision that God has for you down there. And when that happens, we can left, be left with a broken heart, thinking that maybe our our hope and our dream is not real and give up on the promise. And broken hearts come when relationships come to an end. Sometimes dating relationships don't work out. They, they, They run their lifespan and then they come to an end. And when that separation occurs, We're left feeling empty, hopeless, and broken. That's what I think of sometimes when I think of brokenhearted. But I think like in the video that we saw today, there was a husband who had to say goodbye to his wife. And that's a different kind of broken heart. It's a different kind of hurt. It's a different kind of pain. And it's a different kind of sorrow that we experience when we experience something of that nature. But God tells us that I sent my son into this world to heal those broken hearts. We don't always get to say goodbye the way we want to, whether it's it's in death or whether it's the way a relationship ends. And sometimes we feel cheated by that. When my mother was passing away some years ago, we knew that that hour was coming and and the family, all the children had, had gathered around her bedside. And we were waiting patiently with her as she was going home to be with God. And my sister Susan, who spent so much of her life caring for my mother, making sure that she had everything that she needed and everything that she wanted to make life comfortable, left that room for just a few moments to walk up to the waiting room to to check on our aunts to make sure that they were okay. And in that moment, I felt God's spirit. And I stood with my other sister and began to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And in those words, my mother drifted off to sleep but woke up in eternity and I think sometimes that that's what we forget about is, is when we lose a loved one here in this world that the pain that we feel is not vain it's valid, it's real it's, we've suffered a loss and it lets us know that, that we're human but we don't have to hold on to that pain. Because, you see, those who have left this world before us are not sitting in heaven mourning the separation that they experience from losing that relationship with us. They are in heaven today, and I know that they're in heaven today because the Word of God says... Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I know that they're in heaven today, that they're not in some far off land waiting to be taken into heaven i know that they're not in some gap between earth and heaven because on the cross at calvary when the thief looked to christ he said remember me as you enter your kingdom christ looked to the thief and he said today not tomorrow not another day down the road in the future today you will be in paradise with me so i know that when my loved ones and my friends close their lives on this side of eternity that they awaken in heaven standing in the presence of a holy God and standing before a nail-scarred Savior who gave his life on the cross at Calvary that we not only have eternal life, but we have life abundant here as we live today. You see, when Christ was in this world, he gave us all types of miracles that we can look back on and depend on to say that he is who he says he is. And he gave us wisdom and knowledge. And he gave us two truths that we really need to cling on to as as it pertains to living this life, and it's this. He said that Satan has come to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. Meaning he wants us to wallow in our pain. He wants us to wallow in our sorrow, in our doubts, in our fears. He doesn't want us to, to live today with hope for tomorrow. That He wants us to live today saying, woe is me and woe how life is hard and how difficult it is to overcome. That is not the victory that, that God promised us. But that is the truth that Christ told us about our adversary. And then he went on to say this that even though he came to lie, still kill, and destroy, I have come that they have life and they have it abundantly. Meaning that have that we experience life today in the absence of. When we're not walking with God, when we have not called God to be in our lives, when we are not experiencing the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life, life is being lived at a minimal, no matter how successful we are, no matter how happy we think we are. But when we call Christ into our life, when God pulls upon our heartstrings and he says, dear child, come home, for there's a better way to live and there's a happier way to live, take my hand and follow me. Then and only then do we begin to experience life the way God meant it to be, because then we're experiencing a life that is by the Holy Spirit, and God allows us to let go of those sorrows. You see, Christ didn't just come into this world because he wanted to. He didn't just come into this world because God said, you need somebody for something and we don't know what. He said specifically that he came for a reason, and he did not only come, but he was sent I, he says that he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, meaning that God in heaven looked down on creation and he saw what was happening to humanity. He, was, he saw the pain that we were suffering. He saw the burdens that we carry. He saw how sin was impacting our lives for the negative. And he said that there is a way that we can overcome all this negativity. by God's grace and his favor upon humanity, he sent his son that the broken hearted may be healed. And we ask how do we allow Christ to heal our broken hearts. You see, I think it's a choice that we have to to execute. That just calling out to God and knowing the story is not enough. But learning to let go of what was so that we can experience God today and move toward that future that God has for us later. You see, I think the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things that, that we wouldn't be able to do on our own accord, within our own power. But it's difficult letting go of those who have gone on to heaven before us. Because sometimes I think that that we think that if we let go, that we're forgetting what that person meant to us in this life. And I don't think that's true. I think it's a a real thought, and I think it's a real concern. But letting go doesn't mean forgetting. To my way of thinking, letting go is the greatest expression of saying to that person, thank you for the life that you've lived. (laughs) Thank you for the service that that you gave to God. And thank you for the impact that you made on my life. See, I think letting go of those that home before us is the beginning of the healing process. And I don't know about you, but as a parent, I don't want my children to hold on to anything that causes them grief. I don't want them to to hold on to to anything that causes them sorrow. And I don't want them to to hold on to anything that that keeps them from moving forward down the path that that God has for them. And see, I want my children to, to experience life every degree to the promise that Christ made to have that abundant life. And I think that that's what our loved ones want us to do. Letting go is not forgetting. It means carrying on with the life that God gave us. And the benefit of letting go is this is that it allows us to love those around us today more so than we would by not letting go. Because you see, I think this, that, that when we hold on to the memory of someone, whether it's a husband, a wife, a friend, or a relationship that has come to an end, or a job that's come to an end, when we hold on to, to those relationships that, that brought in heartbreak, that came to an end at their appointed time, that, that we're refusing to move forward. And even when we take those small steps toward moving forward, we're harming that current relationship. A dear friend of mine lost, lost a, a wife some years ago on Christmas Eve. And he was a wonderful man and a strong man, ain't God? And he had children, and, and he was so strong that, that when his wife passed away on Christmas Eve, that, that in his morning he, he didn't stop living life. He knew that his children had to be taken care of. And when he was asked, well, well, what are you doing tonight? He said, Christmas is tomorrow, and I've still got to do my Christmas shopping. My children still have to be loved, and they still have to be taken care of. And sometime after the passing of his wife, he met another young lady that he took as his wife. And she loved him so much that, that she understood the pain and the loss that he'd suffered. But what he didn't realize was the wall that he had put up between him and his new spouse You see, when people come into our lives and they want to share love with us and relationships with us, we have to let those walls down to let them in. Because when we hold on so, so tightly to the memory of what was lost, it keeps the newness of life from coming in. And I'm not sure that that's what God had intended for us. Now I know that that God is loving and He's merciful and He's patient. And I know that He has no expectation of us moving forward with our individual lives all at one time. But I think that He knows that if we take Christ by the hand and walk daily and slowly let go of the pain that he can slowly fill that emptiness with life again. You see, brokenheartedness is something that we want to hang on to. But it's something we need to let go of if we love those who went on before us and if we love those relationships that, that ended, then we would honor them by moving forward. It's hard, I know, but that's why Christ came. he said that I want to give you beauty for ashes. And what that means is this. In the Old Testament when people mourned they would cover their heads for ashes. It was a sign of mourning. And Christ comes in and he says I want to take that pain from you. I want to take that sorrow, not your memories, and I want to replace it with something beautiful. And there are many ways that beauty can be expressed through our losses. For me, it's the sharing the experience with others. I talk about my family and their, my friends and the things that they suffered through life and how they went home to be with the Lord because I want to celebrate their lives because the way they lived and the things they accomplished is the beauty that God created. It's his way of giving us life And letting us be a light to others. Because when others see that we can let go, then they too can let go. I was in Okinawa, Japan. And I get a phone call. And my sister tells me that, Tommy, your dad is on life support. And the only thing that we're waiting on is for you to come home to say goodbye. So I got on that plane in Okinawa, Japan, and 16 hours later, I landed in Los Angeles, California. And just before that plane landed, I heard God speak to my spirit, and he said, Tommy, your dad is okay. But he will be coming home soon. And when I got off that plane, I, I called Atlanta and said, I'm getting on one more plane and I'll be there in an hour. And my sister said, we've already taken him off life support. Did You see, he woke up. And he's in the hospital room today and he, he's cutting up and acting just like he always has a miracle had been performed. And when I got to the hospital, I went and sat with him and talked. And he said, Tommy, while I was asleep, I saw Jesus. He said, Alan, you're going to wake up, but you will be coming home soon. And by God's grace and favor, that was in October. My father was with us through Thanksgiving, Christmas, the New Year's, and was able to celebrate my two sisters' birthday in January. And then he went home to be with the Lord. And I live today be able to tell you that story because I let go of the pain and the grief that came along with that separation and cling to the memory of all the good times that I had. But for a while that grief wouldn't allow others into my life. And that grief wouldn't allow God to to work in my life like, like He wanted to. But when I understood that letting go is expressing love toward my father and my mother and my other friends, I was able to let the Holy Spirit work in my life so that I could experience joy and happiness again. And it's okay to give Christ that pain. He wants it. He can take it. And we know that because of his story. See, on the night in which he was taken, he was in the garden and he was praying, Father, if this cup can pass me by, let it pass. But if it be your will, let me drink of that cup. And he was taken, and he was judged, and he was mocked, and then he was put on a cross to die at Calvary. And scripture tells us that in those moments, that the skies were blackened, that the earth quaked, and that the graves opened. And it tells us something very important that we rarely talk about, that when Christ gave up the spirit, that the veil at the temple was torn from top to bottom. And the miracle in that message is this, that from that day forward, there was no need for a priest or a prophet or anyone else to go before God for us. That Christ made a way for us to go before God individually. To take him our cares, our concerns, and our burdens that we can be healed. Isaiah went on to say this about the life and the sacrifice of Christ. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed. So let me ask you this today. Are you holding on to something that causes you pain? Because if you are, know this. Christ has already suffered for our peace. You can give it to him and move forward. Are you holding on to a memory of something or someone that's keeping you from moving forward and that's keeping you from experiencing the peace of God? Then let go of it. It's okay. It's telling those people you love them. And it's saying to God, I want to experience life to the abundance like Christ has promised Let us pray. Father God, as we close, we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us together. And Father, as we move out of here today, help us to remember that that you sent Christ into this world, that he didn't just come, he didn't just show up, but but you saw a need of your people and sent an answer that we can give you our brokenness, our broken spirits, our broken hearts, and, and our broken lives, and we can give them to you and you can offer us healing. In their stead help us father god to to grab on to that healing to not just hear the words but but to see christ active in our lives to to take his hand and take his yoke that we may be full and live life to its abundance in christ's name we pray amen Thank you all for attending today. Uh, what I would like to do is I want to say a prayer over the food and invite all of you guys to come down to the fellowship hall and join us for lunch. And after the prayer, I'm going to let Isabel say the benediction. So Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather today. And Father, we just ask that you bless the food that has been prepared and bless the hands that who have given us their time to prepare for us. Father, we just ask that uh, during that time of celebration that we have the opportunity to sit and talk and learn to know the story that you created and all. Amen. Thank you for coming here. Uh, I love you guys. I love my family for help. I thank you for food. And thank you to Christ for Amen. All right. So may the Lord bless you, and keep you, make his face shine upon you.